Welcome back to Black Your Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for a new season of Vikings. This is number one of season three, Mercenary. Written, of course, by Michael Hurst. Directed by Ken Garotti. Thought it was a really solid premiere. Had a lot going on in it. I was very surprised. And... Uh, having a belated memory that this ended with an actual battle. So considering we literally started in Cadigat, moved to Wessex, and then ended with seemingly the end of, or at least, at least a victory in the fight for Mercia was a lot of ground to cover. And I think they did it rather expertly So I gave this episode a 9.6 out of 10. You see the weight of ruling on Ragnar's shoulders and he continues to find himself and we are starting to realize that he is not personally the happiest of people. Before we do jump into the recap, wherever you're listening to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, we're even on YouTube. Go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, subscribe. <laughs> and if you want to send feedback on Vikings or any other show that I do, blackercouch at gmail.com. We do not begin with Ragnar, but with Lagatha. Now, if I'm thinking correctly, and I could be mistaken... That each season, it began with someone going to see the seer. Like season one, it was Ragnar. Season two was Siggy. And then season three, we have Lagatha. She, this time, is there to ask if the gods will give her a child in her future. And he says, despite how far he looks, there will never be another child that she is going to be able to bear. However, there is a harvest celebration in blood, a a tricksters, a trickster, there we go, whose weapon cleaves you, and a city made of marble and a burning, brawling ocean. What do you mean by that? There were some really good lines in this episode. The first being prophecy is understood when it has already happened, and it is too late to change it when she wants to know what any of that meant. She finally asks, when will I die? Frega's not divulge that information, but come back another time and I may have some intel for you. Ragnar, sitting atop a mountain with his son, reminds him his goal was always to find farmland for his people so when the ice melts, they will claim the land in Wessex. Bjorn, young, dumb, and full of cum, wants to fight and raid. Ragnar wants to know why, and he expresses it's for Kattegat, but more importantly, the power it represents. One of my favorite lines of the entire series comes about, Power is always dangerous. It attracts the worst and corrupts the best. I never ask for power. Power is only given to those who are prepared to lower themselves to pick it up. This is a self-fulfilling prophecy and ultimately true. Ragnar had to slaughter an entire generation of children and a family to accomplish his feat. And while certainly Horik did nothing in his favor to avoid such a fate, one could argue he has just as much right to defend his crown as Ragnar has to think he doesn't deserve it. So what he's saying here, I think is very poignant to the rest of, I think the season, but series as a whole about that thing about power. It starts off as this ambition to better myself and better my people. It's altruistic. But now you see the politics getting involved. You see how everyone is utilizing you for their own purposes. And you realize that some stains don't come out. And there's a line that you cross to protect what is yours or your ideas. And it has reduced yourself in a manner that now makes that line very wavy. 
I talk about that with people in power in the real world and why it is rather easier for us on the sidelines to analyze versus being in. I think that they, not all, but some do deserve a little bit more empathy towards the situation, far more than the initial, uh, which most people knee jerk, like you have money, you're rich, you have power. How the fuck you dare complain? Earl Ingstead returns to her lands with a new handsome man at her side named Kalf. Einar is there and still bitter. Look at this shit. Kalf has earned her trust this last year and thus he declines to go back to England with her and instead to stay and manage her affairs, replacing Einar, who continues to try to get his family to overthrow her and restore the old dynasty. Lagatha is rather smitten with Cal, Calf, whom she is open to marry, but he declines as he has nothing to offer her and would be considered her fuckboy. Basically, I don't want to be respected as someone who slept their way to the top. <laughs> I'd rather do it the good old fashioned way. Betrayal. I don't think she minds that idea at all. And to be fair, neither would I. He is a little easy on the eyeballs. Bjorn looks far more attractive with the new dude than any time previous. His girl, Torin, wants to go to Wessex, but Bjorn is not inclined to agree to her joining due to the fact that she may possibly be carrying their child. And she said... How about I do anyway? L LOL remembering Mimi being like, you said they supposed to be that age. I'm like, I didn't make up the rules. <laughs> so it just that the the show wanted you to know. I didn't, I, I didn't even need to even be volunteered that information. I was just a surprise, but <laughs> I laugh recalling your words. Cause I'm like, I didn't, <laughs> I would agree. He looks much older too. But he's supposed to be a teenager. <laughs> Ragnar is continuing to be a great father to his boys, Ube, Fitzert, and oh, always forget uh, Snake in the Eye, Sigurd. However, Ivor is like a colic buzzkill, creating an awkward strain between mother and son and the rest of her other children. The boys, they feel awkward, of course, because they're rambunctious and boys and they're making all this noise and it upsets Ivar. There might be some resentment in the children too, because now their mother who used to pay all this attention to them now has to be devoted to Ivar. Floki with the second best ride or die woman of the series, Helga feels trapped in all of his happiness with his daughter who is walking now. And Helga tells him if he wants to leave, he should leave because he shouldn't feel trapped. And she's like, or he's like, girl, you too damn reasonable. That doesn't help. You're so horribly good, Helga. And he just leaves. I was rather happy they addressed this in the episode, this need for the escape of domesticity. Because each one is dealing with domestic problems at home. And don't want to be emotionally caught up. It's much easier for them to go out and prepare to die. <laughs> than deal with the emotional baggage of staying at home. But there's also that restlessness. You know, these people grow up in a culture in which, yes, there is the idea of farming. But it's excitedly look forward to the idea of raiding, exploring. So uh, Aslog and Ragnar, their burden right now is Ivar because he suffers without either parent knowing how to help. Ragnar admits to caring about his son and doesn't hesitate to say that he loves him. But when she asks if he loves her. Can't go 50-50 with no hope. Lagatha leaves confident Calf will handle Einar, which he does immediately upon her departure, taking him into custody. 
ass slug <laughs> watches her husband go to the second love of his life, Athelstan, who is pondering in the doorway. He grabs his hand and touches his scars, knowing he is reminded of his religious conflict once they once again return to England and tells him he can hide from neither his God or theirs. And he confides that he suffers from the same dilemma, only in reverse. You will be my John the Baptist. Where you go, I will follow. But this conversation reveals that Ragnar is still struggling with his own guilt, his own desire to be forgiven, his own open belief in the idea of the God in which Athelstan prays to, because it is a far more, what's the word I want to use? Uh, <laughs> empathetic God than the gods in which they serve. You know, a little bit of a softer God, so to speak, unless you really get balls deep into it, because the shit he be saying, well, they, they've toned that down. But back in the day, the things they would be, we tell children, doctoring them into the idea of religion is by the thought of what would happen <laughs> to your mortal, immortal soul, should you not. And those things were pretty torturous. Something anyone that had a shred of decency would not allow another person to suffer. Just my personal take. Rollo and Siggy are still estranged. And I was rather surprised by that. But then I keep forgetting that she did sleep with Horik and Horik's son. And despite the fact she said, I did it for you. <laughs> I can understand, but it's been a fucking year. So what y'all just in a stale marriage? Torsten has a comedic situation unraveling as two women both claim that he is carrying their child with the odds being in their favor. You are the father. Rolo offers that he should marry one and take the other as a concubine, but they hate each other and will murder one or the other or just him on their wedding night. So he doesn't think that that's a good idea. He just wants to get the fuck out of here. The women listening. <laughs> had quite the look on their faces. I am disgusted. I enjoy this because we don't really delve too much into the. Into the undercurrents. Of all of the, the internal drama <laughs> outside of the primitive goal of the first two seasons, which is to raid accomplished land, set up and, and Ragnar basically playing chess with people that are in charge. Now that he's in charge, it becomes more of a focus internally of the conflicts there since there are no external conflicts to deal with. So I like the, the, way in which they had addressed that at the top of the season. It sets up everyone very nicely as well. All the men are so ready to leave. Their women problems behind. Except Bjorn, who complains that he has to bring his with him. Aslog, jealous and resentful that she is only a broodmare, affectionately humped, whereas her husband continues his preferred life with Lagatha, is also another bitter, sour puss on the sidelines. <laughs> and she sees them living out their life. I mean, they're, they got their son. They're going raiding together. They still have a really great rapport and friendship. The only thing they're not doing is screwing. And she can't trust that that's not happening when her back is turned. Ragnar's face when he saw Torin and his son, though. Oh, Lord. Again, a fucking again. Nothing new, nothing changed, same old shit, same old fucking He finds himself as a parent stuck between a rock and a hard place because his mother gives him this undying love and affection. She's always going to be there. Whatever mistakes he makes, she's going to kiss those boo-boos and always reaffirm. But 
his father is the one in which is going to judge his actions. And he's going to judge him from a perspective of I've been there. And even the way Torin's like, yeah, I trained with Lagatha and I want to go out and be just like her. You know, he's watching this fantasy love play out and he knows that his, his son is probably, you know, romanticizing it because of his own parents' relationship and growing up with that. But he can't really lecture him because he's like, oh my God, I see all of the same problems that you're making, you fucking moron. <laughs> but you're adult enough to make your mistakes. However, uh, I'm not even going to pretend that my feelings about the matter aren't written all over my face. He didn't even attempt to kiss his wife goodbye. Aslug just stood there with her arms crossed. I'm upset. I have no love for Aslug. This is what happens when you try to ingratiate yourself into a marriage as the other woman. <laughs> and I think the show is really wanting us to question by the question Sybil asks, which Ragnar certainly dismisses, but that has been the question mark. Did she use other means to accomplish her goal there? She admits that she's a vulva and there's clearly some type of magic involved because of her prophecies coming true. So while Ragnar will ever never probably admit to being susceptible to such a precarious thing. It stands to reason that anyone else like myself, if that was indeed the case, and that's what I'm choosing to believe just by the way in which she showed up and presented herself into his life that you make the bed in which you, you lay in the bed in which you make. Okay. You knew that this man like yoga good and he was happy to have you as a trophy on his side but y'all ain't got shit in common you do not have the same goals interests anything he grew up a farmer as Lagatha brings up all the time his goals his personality is more aligned with his ex-wife than it ever was with his current one and I mean I understand where she's coming from because she's watching Lagatha play the role of queen that she is holding the title for out there pursuing their goals while she just babysits however you rolled the dice even trying to be more like Lagatha accepting her I think she's tried a lot to try to keep Ragnar's attention onto her but simply put it doesn't work you're not a love story unfortunately Kalf takes Einar out in a boat and he proves that he is savvy as well, convincing Einar to get their family to support him as the new Earl. And it's a smart move on his part, even though it's a shitty move to Lagatha. But Lagatha has been too busy playing the politician uh building her dream with Ragnar and forgetting the dual desires of their constituents which is to raid is to travel is to conquer that's you can't erase a culture overnight and while Einar did not have a chance of getting that earl position someone that Lagatha herself trusts and is a man and is behind their desires other than farming that makes for a better candidate and I think that Lagatha mayhap should have seen that coming or at least played way more cards than just one only had one in your deck but these are the growing pains of leadership you know you you're not gonna not stumble <laughs> he might make a a few wrong calls all along the way uh and thus like in the in the case of what's his name oh the one who got blood eagled one could make an argument that if he had simply sided with him when horrick said 
were not bringing him with and they decided to resume the fighting and became an alliance they could have taken out king hork easily and they both would have gotten what they wanted and they could have been possibly allies in a different life but there was a choice to be made and that choice was the the most applicable one at the time but in hindsight certainly man i wish i had just told that guy fuck me and i may not have lost as much in the process went through as much in the process Ragnar and friends return to Wessex and are welcomed with a feast as Eckbert welcomes them truly being equals when Athelstan corrected him about his title. He's king now. Uh, just wanted you to know that. Sybil, which is Princess Quinthris' name, in case you're unaware, uh, is there. She admits that their men all perished since her uncle and brother have proven successful with their campaign to take over mercia and they wish for more of the viking forces to join in the fight this is not the original deal i give you land for mercenaries i gave you mercenaries they're all dead i don't keep funneling you mercenaries until you finish your conquest lagatha brings this up Like, uh uh-uh, we came here to claim land, not to fight a war that has nothing to do with us. Uh, Floki even realizes that Eckbert may be getting more from the deal. And he certainly makes it clear to Eckbert, like, I realize, and you realize, that this is not what was said. However, I will agree to fight. I'm going to, in a good faith effort, so that we can continue on building an alliance I'm willing to fight, but I cannot speak for anyone else at this table. Everyone agrees to fight. Rolo's like, what am I about to do? (laughs) I'm not about to go out there and fucking uh, (laughs) pluck some fields. (laughs) Torsten's like, don't you already know if it comes between an axe and a plow, I'm fighting. And then you have Bjorn and Torin. (laughs) When Torin spoke, I kind of wanted to smack her. Shut up. Lagatha wants to well Lagatha hasn't decided but it is offered to her that she can stay and be an ambassador between the nobles and claim the land to harvest and she is okay with that idea since she was reluctant to begin with and thus it is settled with Athelstan whom Ragnar trusts more than anyone when Eckbert says he should he should stay because they need you and I need you. Athelstan agrees. King Eckbert made a beeline for Athelstan, tried to tempt him from Ragnar's side, returning his cross real quick. Judith also has her eyes on the priest in a sexually religious way. Athelwolf. <laughs> The forgotten son of Little Worf agrees to fight with the pagans because that's not derogatory. I know he had to look over his son like, why do you have no coof? And it peeps his wife creeping as he tells her to wait patiently for his return. How about new? Aethelwulf feels like a jock. He's all brawn. It seems like he can handle himself in the warfare, but he doesn't have any of the political swagger that his father does. (laughs) And he can't possibly see more than one feet ahead of him. One foot. Ragnar watches his son and his girlfriend be idiots, seeing as if both suspect she is pregnant, her ass needs to go farm and not be in battle. Eckbert is so short. That was something I noticed. (laughs) I don't think they did this on purpose. But he seems so mighty and powerful until you see him walking outside the castle with a cloak on. His ass is tiny. (laughs) but he eagerly joins lagatha's party wanting to be among people i think are intriguing to him he even waves away his man like i don't need help getting up there i'm man because he is someone who is better with his brain than his brawn or his sword actually we've never even seen him swing one so he's not someone who's going to be out on the battlefield so he has a, a little bit of an infatuation, not just with Lagatha herself, but I think with the Vikings and Ragnar in particular. 
Because this is a man who has a mind and an axe. Rollo asks if he is happy about this arrangement and Ragnar depressingly admits what does it matter about his happiness in anything. Both parties split with Lagatha pleased at the end at the land settlement granted by the king. Ragnar inquires of Sybil about her uncle on the ships who usurped her crown and her younger brother, Burgrid, whom she loves are close. However, he fights against her because her uncle has poisoned his mind or used magic. Ragnar scoffs at the idea of magic, proving his cynicism as he explains that while he has been deceived many times, magic has nothing to do with it. Floki continues to simmer away anytime he's away from Ragnar's side. And here's the thing, Ragnar is intellectually outpacing Floki, though it's not to say he's not without merit, because I think he is and has made a valid comment about Eckbert. However, it's always easier when you don't have to make the hard choices or suffer the consequences to be on the sidelines making commentary instead of seeing his friend branch out knowing other people and learning he turns inwardly sour about his own personal feelings about the matter because he's not skipping along with his best friend Eckbert admits unabashedly he is infatuated with Lagatha as he stares in awe with Athelstan settling on he likes you <laughs> I'm not repeating all of that. At camp, Rolo, Floki, Torsten, and Bjorn watch Sybil happily going native and wants to lay grassroots in her. However, Floki and Rolo recall their stories about women, such as uh, be wary of the fickle ones. Rolo talks about his aching heart waiting for his love, <clears throat> Lagatha. That's so awkward when you bring it up because, like, you're like, freaking your brother's right there and Bjorn is (laughs) aware he waited and waited and waited for his love to be returned but Ragnar points out all one gets from longing is a wet arse Floki defends Rolo saying not to shame a man who fell prey to a beautiful face hint hint wink wink he's trying to caution Ragnar (laughs) just because he and Sybil spoke Aethelwulf is being a sourpuss, openly contemptuous of the pagans and their ways as he and the bishop are like, fuck these people, fuck their ideologies. Christ is going to win. Both can't possibly exist. One has to be right. In the end, y'all fucking consolidated. So apparently one does not need to be right. (laughs) Sybil promises Ragnar after she is given information about where to find her uncle and brother's army on the boat that when the fight is over and he wins it, if she he wins the fight, she will give him more than just land and riches. Now from the top, make it drop. That's some wet ass pussy. Now get a bucket in a mop. That's some wet ass pussy. I'm talking wop, wop, wop. That's some wet ass pussy. Ragnar is like, bitch, you have no filter. <laughs> and considering how many been plunging that that drain pipe you got right there, uh, I don't know. I ain't trying to catch no disease. I don't know who you are. You're about to get chlamydia. Just as Lagatha is getting her first sight at some prime real estate, Ragnar prepares for battle, realizing that the forces are split between banks with no way to help each other. There's no bridge. And thus they decide to attack the smaller army led by her uncle. Sybil told to, was told to stay the hell out of it. The brother doesn't even see it coming. Their obvious flaw. The archers cannot reach them and the uncle is left alone to be attacked and ultimately defeated. Even though Ragnar is discussed with his son who is hurling his girlfriend off in the middle of a fucking battle. Even I would be upset. 
They are both unscathed, but Torsten takes an arrow to the arm. Sybil has a visibly visceral reaction to the death of her uncle as she watches on. Keep in mind, this is the man that raped her when she was a child. Ragnar, momentarily happy at the victory, sees her expression and wonders. What have you done? Very, very good episode. I'm going to bump it up to 9.7. We do have feedback. Mimi was eager to finally jump in in real time. And she better not watch the whole season or she'll find her ass. (laughs) All alone again. (laughs) But I know she was eager to jump in. So let's hop in to feedback. What up, Cena? It's Mimi. This is my feedback for Vikings, the season opener for season three. So episode one. Um, I, I like how we got right into some some action. We got to see like a fight scene like right off jump. That was pretty, pretty unexpected. I don't know what I expected of season one, but they came in with a bang. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is Kilf pretty sure that's his name i rewound and listened with the captions on multiple times to make sure that i said his name right it's k-a-l-f kelf it looked like it should be calf like you know but it's kelf <laughs> whatever but when i saw him walking beside um lagatha i'm like okay he fine as fuck that's got to be her man oh my god yes queen yes i was very excited because he fine as hell tall like muscular nice hair like it's not too long but it's like definitely like you can put your fingers through it perfect length and then like they she was talking about having marriage proposals i'm like i thought that was your man okay i get it that's gonna be your man he gonna be jealous and as soon as that motherfucker came up with an excuse to why he shouldn't marry her i was like that nigga about to betray her literally what i thought in my mind i don't trust you no more motherfucker why like who gives a shit what people say that cannot be a real fucking reason people are gonna think that you uh your relationship isn't like like it has to be some type of like oh you're using her to come up so who gives a shit she is literally she's an earl she has lands with an s she's fucking beautiful she's a boss bitch and she can fight like between the like you wouldn't even like you could start shit and she could finish it like what else could you want like not only is she powerful she's fucking gorgeous like i didn't believe anything he had to say and i knew that motherfucker was gonna betray her and then he did exactly what i knew he was gonna do and it makes me angry like why don't it gotta be the fine ones like i expect the ugly motherfuckers to be foul i don't expect the cute ones to like bullshit i mean i could tell he's younger than her but goddamn like we we started it off with her you know asking if she was going to ever have kids again and that broke my heart because the seer was like i i don't see any kids in your future no matter how far i look and then he was she was like okay well maybe i'm dead okay i can understand that and he was like i don't know yet the guys won't let me see and i was like damn sad as hell and then i thought we were gonna get some good news Okay, she can't have kids, but, you know, she's going to at least find love again. And then we get Kelf, fine-ass betrayal. Disgusting. Um, I don't understand why he uh, is betraying her. He clearly wants to be the Earl. Um, He has ambitions that he don't think. He probably just doesn't want to share the power with her. I mean, he would not be her equal. If he married her, she would still be Earl, and he would just be the spouse of the earl i don't know what the like the nouns are or like the pronouns you know english ain't my thing i'm not even gonna pretend like i know what i'm talking about but i don't know what you call like the earl earl s earl they're significant others i don't know what the terminology is i think we went through this in season one with siggy <laughs> anyway um I, I guess it was smart that he took dude out in the the water but when he took him out there and he was like, you ready to die? I'm like, why would you kill him like this? This don't make any sense. And then I was like, oh, this must be the betrayal. And hence, 
or and there it was like yeah whatever um i'm disappointed but i'm not surprised niggas hate boss bitches that's just something that you know women have to come to like men expect women to you know be homemakers and it's crazy this is a side note nowadays motherfuckers want us to work too but then we also got to go home and do everything fuck that i watched this video where this girl was was talking to this dude he said she said something about him wanting a relationship and she was like why why the fuck would i want a relationship where where it's not 50 50 it's like i work too i come home but i'm expected i gotta cook and i gotta clean i gotta take care of the kids but i'm also working 40 hours a week just like you i mean i would rather have a fucking roommate at least i know they be doing half the, the housework and half like cooking half the cleaning half the like you know taking care of the home and i was like you know what you were not wrong because even though i have a man in the house and he does work and, and i'm not gonna lie darren does do stuff but if i'm not there to continue to, to continue to remind people like we need to do this and this needs to be done and paying all the bills we i come home and then be the electricity be off no cable no internet so yeah it, it just seems like no matter what even when you have someone who kind of wants to be 50 50 that's not kind of how relationship dynamics are and i don't it's, it's like to me it's like racism masculinity and like taking care of the home uh gender role type things are are ingrained in in i can only speak for americans but it's ingrained in the like the the american uh mindset even when they a man might consider himself a feminist he still has the mentality like that's just how it is and i feel like if a man gets with a woman like if she ends up making more money than him i feel like eventually it might it might mean something to them i i i don't know i just have this this feeling that you know especially back then with you know in Lagos time it it would be hard for them to be okay with a woman being the leader ragnar is a whole different breed he is clearly the exception to to vikings just in general so we're not going to count him i think he finds it probably very sexy that Lagatha's a boss bitch and i and i think that bjorn loves his mom and he admires her and he wants you know he wants her to do what she does but you could see in his relationship with his girl i'm assuming if he thinks she's with child that they somehow decided they're going to be together because you said they don't like bastards so i'm assuming they're in a relationship now she wants to be like lagatha and she wants to be his equal but he don't want her he didn't want her in the battlefield and he didn't trust that she knew what she was doing I ain't never seen Ragnar like staring off at Lagatha like that. Like he knows she about to take care of business. If it comes to something where he's by her and he sees she needs assistance, he won't hesitate, but he won't be looking over his shoulder, not protecting himself because he's too busy worried about her. And that's what Bjorn is doing. And that's that's exactly what I'm thinking. Even the men who want want a strong woman don't want her like can't trust that she gonna know what she's doing and will not just surrender the all the power to her and i think that's probably what the case is and that's probably why the dude wouldn't have married her when he could have got just he could have got half of everything she had if he just said yes and they ended up getting married but he didn't want that he wants to be the powerful one he might genuinely care about lagatha but kelf wants to be the one in power and that's where the problem is gonna lie and i hope ragnar kicks your fucking ass your fine ass I'm so mad. He's they should have picked the ugly dude for his role. Um speaking of Bjorn, his girl's hair, I am not a fan. I like how she had the side shave with those little weird loop braids. Like you're doing a poor man's lagatha and it's embarrassing me. I'm gonna need you to, to turn it down a couple of notches. Um I like what's going on with King Egbert. I don't like though how <laughs> he just decided he was gonna change everything and was like here's your farmland but you got to go help her with mercia bullshit that's not what we talked about but you lucky ragnar that dude um i think it's hilarious how um first i want to talk about um oh what is her name princess the princess of mercia i don't remember what her name is the 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 whole bag <laughs> she was the slutty one <laughs> i ain't mad it's hilarious but she's a slut um and I'm all about sluts. sluts do your thing girl get what you want and that's fine but she looked like appalled no appalled isn't the right word she looked shocked 
that Loki killed her uncle. Like, what the fuck did she expect was going to happen? But back to, like, the battle. Like, I loved how <laughs> they're pulling up on the the beach. Um, and, like, they start getting, like, hit with, with arrows. And they have their shields up. None of the other, like, none of, it didn't look like they had shields, the other, the other knights on the other side. Are shields something that they, we got from Vikings? I would like that history fact checked because they didn't have any uh shields but the vikings always have shields anyway um they coming up on the beach and he they're like ragnar you need to make a decision are we still doing this those are they got a shit ton of men and ragnar ain't no bitch he was like okay let me see and he was like let's attack the uncle i don't see a bridge and then i'm thinking wait a second you come to show out (laughs) and y'all decide y'all gonna fight with two different armies but no way for y'all to help each other y'all on two different islands like did y'all plan this out were y'all hoping that y'all just scared people away with your numbers is that what that was because that's fucking embarrassing i hope you're embarrassed because that's fucking embarrassing he was like we can't help well duh because y'all didn't plan this very well who is your who is the person in charge of strategizing strategizing how the fuck do you say it put let's just put it like this who is the person in charge of making the strategy because they're fired and off with their head because they fucking sucked i cannot believe y'all had two different armies and y'all didn't think to figure out a way to connect these motherfuckers embarrassing <laughs> but the way loki like i love like the whole end scene where ragnar looked at her uncle and he was like bitch i'm coming for you he didn't hesitate he was fighting people with two fucking swords i cannot like just as as the actor i'm thinking that motherfucker really must be strong as hell because swords are heavy as fuck i remember my sister is obsessed with japan and she bought a samurai sword and i took it off the wall I was like this is so she's like it's heavy i was like i got this almost took my fucking arm off i did not expect it to be like bitch how you get that up there i'm stronger than you like swords are fucking heavy and he got two i think when he saw ragnar fighting with two swords he knew he was fucked he was like yeah i'm gonna die i am gonna die (laughs) anyway um but loki when he killed him he looked like he was giddy and i just cannot and speaking of loki he's a fucking weirdo why are you mad that you're happy and you're mad that your fucking wife is so sweet and caring and understanding and she understands that yelling and screaming and being angry at you isn't going to change anything so she she picks she she chooses to pick happiness and and being lighthearted. why is that making you need time away like you're fucking crazy loki needed his ass kicked and i just want to i call him loki floki needs his ass kicked and um I would like his wife to like maybe like I don't want her to slap him. I want her to put her whole body into a one hitter quitter and just knock his ass out one good time because that's what he deserves. I'm going to need you to get your shit together, sir, and do better because your wife is the bomb and your daughter's cute. And you, sir, are lucky to have both of them. (sighs) Anyway, um, and the last thing I want to talk about is (laughs) Athelstan because him and Ragnar really do be acting like they be booed up. The only person I trust is you. Damn, Lagatha at that table too, sir. (laughs) Fuck them, huh? (laughs) I was like, he really is in love with this man. They in love with each other. Unbelievable. It actually is believable, but it's funny. And um, I kind of ship it. Um, Let me end it here. Until next time, love, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, Mimi out. Thank you, Queen Mimi, with your thoughts on the episode. (laughs) The discount, Lagatha. (laughs) Lagatha wannabe. She is. She is. So a few things that I can actually commentary on. (laughs) One of them being, I think, is uh, the pronunciation of Kalf's name. You said Kelf. Close. Close. But better luck next time. But I agree with everything you said. Mane can't help, particularly in this time, uh, more so. And they're still struggling in, in the, to the, up to this day and age, uh, being emasculated. 
everyone as you pointed out i was gonna say everyone is not ragnar but the same could be said about lagatha she is the exception to the rule as well which goes into why every girl wants to live up to being lagatha because porin i'm sorry turin she is not ready she's not you can't just do one year of training the same vikings valhalla and your ass well at least uh at least other girl was trained and like she grew up it seemed fighting this girl went from being a slave to you know training but there even when you saw like a grown-ass man in athelstan going out it's not easy so i think that bjorn knows damn well that they are making she's making stupid decisions and he's supporting her stupid decisions and neither one of them are thinking like adults and putting putting their selfish needs aside to think about the life that they're so giddy about possibly having and then her being like you know i think that you are already with child and her just smiling and kissing him like yay no <laughs> you don't go out and then decide because they're living like you said in this uh little bit of a, a fantasy in regards to their relationship juxtaposed between the one that his parents have totally different mindsets they were young but they were both just that damn better <laughs> uh, i'm so with you too about men i don't need another dependent I think though men feel very insecure when their role as the protectant, the number one provider, it is in every natural society species uh, that we have animal species. The male is the, the dominant protectant. The only exceptions is when the female populace is the majority factor like rhesus Mackay monkeys uh, in regards to their their circles only keep a few males around and then they actually kick out their own young males and force them into other groups because they don't want to because they know the more males the the more they're going to be fighting for access to the females uh and then the men their their whole identity is built around uh this very masculine viewpoint that continues to be the continues to be the um the prevailing mindset when it comes to the psychology and it, it even goes down to how women raise their men you know you would think women raising men would start to be like yeah let's teach you how to do laundry and <laughs> shit like that right nope <laughs> women themselves seem to be also perpetuating the myth that's the most crazy part about it uh and that's where it needs to change. I mean, we're the nurturers here. We got to start changing their minds if that's ever going to be because, but we, we don't see that as, as, uh, what's the word? What's the word? You know, <laughs> the fucked up mindset of humans. Uh, cause we see, we also have a, a tendency to see a man as soft as also being not worthy, <laughs> even though we want them to be all these things. We're all contradictory creatures. So yeah, I, I don't think that he was, at least how I read the scene, was that he was just, uh, you know, having faith in her. No, he was correctly summing up her skill set and finding it lacking. And thus he felt he needed to to watch out for her. But unfortunately, that meant that his son is playing babysitter in the middle of war instead of Yeah, like, it's not the lag at the situation where he know his girl uh, it, it got, is doing her own thing. And yes, Ragnar was acting like a fool in the swag department with those two swords. <laughs> and he looked right at him. And I thought it was surprising that Floki was the one that dealt the final blow when Ragnar was on the assault. And uh, does that, I think that continues to put forth this idea of Floki really being in the shadow of Ragnar. He, uh, he sees himself as his most prized confidant. But like you said, <laughs> Lagatha right there at the table. <laughs> and his, uh, because in a, in a way he can share something. I mean, it's not. I think people would lose a lot of faith in him if they knew that he was contemplating 
the idea of Christianity, right? While sure, Lagatha and a lot are tolerant, it is in part due to the fact that Athelstan is seen as, in a sense, a necessary uh, and important tool, but he's also now family to Ragnar and Athelstan has not renounced their gods. He hasn't renounced his gods, but as long as he believes in their gods, no one really has a problem with them. I think it would be different if your king was to be having contrary thoughts because that that opens up a whole other, you know, thought process because these people truly do believe, you know, figuratively in what they are speaking. So that's why I think his relationship with Athelstan is his most solidified bond, not only because, you know, he does love him. <laughs> and I'm already, I'm all, I'm, I've been all about this ship, not kind of ship. I'm shipping them. But uh, that, that explains also being able to have a singular experience with only one other person that understands that singular experience. And that is going to end my thoughts on your feedback. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about episode two as we keep trudging along. And last and certainly not least, we have Queen Shy. Hey, Christina, it's me, Shy. I uh, wanted to say again, Happy New Year. Um, we are officially in 2023. This is my first feedback for the new year. Um, so, and it just happens to be Vikings, the season three premiere, um, look forward to see what 2023 has to offer, have so many things that I'm planning on doing this year, hopefully it all comes to pass, and I can look back, um, on 2023 and say a lot more positive things, um, than I had to say about 2022, so goodbye that year and um looking forward um as for vikings this one was um i actually enjoyed this season premiere um there it was just a lot of interesting intriguing maneuvering per usual i think that's just the nature of these types of shows is that it's always about the what's happening the here and the now but also about um chess as well like King Eckbert, um, I don't fully trust what he's got going on, you know, I don't know, I mean, I think we've learned our lesson from King Horik, um, about, you know, or how this world goes, um, in regards to, you know, you make a deal, you make an agreement, and then, you know, when it's time to come to the table to, own up to that agreement. You put a little wrench in the plan. Oh yeah, we'll give you this land, but we also need you to do this. And so it's, you know, it just, when you start, I don't know, for me, when I start seeing that type of stuff and we've seen it in the show that, that I, I don't, you can't fully trust people that are doing that because it's like they're moving the goalposts. Like once you feel like you've accomplished whatever and you come to the table to um, collect, then they're like, well, you know, you can have it, um, but we kind of need this favor. And then, you know, once you do this favor, we really are on good terms. But I was like, but we were supposed to be on good terms prior to that. So and that's what Ragnar was saying. So it always raises your suspicion when they kind of go back on their word I mean I would say he did I mean I mean it's not there's nothing to say that he wouldn't have still given them the land but you can kind of get the impression that you know if they didn't do this thing for Mercia for the princess then you know they even though they would get the land they would not be on the best of terms and so Ragnar as we <clears throat> I think I said it in another feedback. I don't remember now, but we saw it again in this one. But yeah, I did say it because I was talking about how he was a simple farmer and then the next you know he's an earl and now he's a king. And we see it now in the beginning of this, yes, him and he's talking to Bjorn 
about um, the responsibility of being a king. It's not what he wanted. That's not his goal. That wasn't his goal in life. Um, and as he's reflecting on all of that with um, Bjorn, you know, he's telling him that power is always dangerous because it it attracts the worst and corrupts the best. So, and that's, we see that throughout time. We see that now, you know, it's like when you get in these positions of power and, you know, people aspire to be in these positions and they get in them and it's not, it doesn't all, I don't even say that. I don't even go there. I'll just say just like people just, you know, um, just getting money, obtaining money, you obtain a certain status in life. And then it's like, you you have all these thoughts like, you know, when I become, when I make this much money, I'm going to do this, this, and the other um, for the community, for my family, for whoever. And then when you get there, you realize that it's not as simple as you thought it would be when you weren't in that position. A friend of mine, we were just talking about winning the lottery the other day. And it was like, you feel like you would be a certain way, like you would take this person you are today with you when you have this money but unfortunately I mean as much as we want to remain the same people and have the same aspirations in life and goals it it can't help but change you in certain ways and then so I'm like would the me would the me now would not want a you know 20 million dollar mansion with 20 rooms and 30 bathrooms I mean, I still don't think I would do that even if I was a millionaire, but I'm just, but who's to say that like, I'm content now with my home and, you know, I could say, yeah, if I make, if I get this money, all I'll do is renovate. Would I, or would I seek out a nicer, more upgraded place? And so I would think that I wouldn't do that. But at the same time, when you raise your status in life, you tend to move among those in that same status. So it's just, it's a very interesting um, way of looking at it. And so we see Ragnar, uh, I think a part of him, you know, that was all about, you know, exploring and, but I, I don't think, I don't remember him wanting to explore for the sake of raiding or, or I could be wrong because, um, you know, my memory is not going to, remember too much of season one, um, when this all got started. Um, but it's, or it could be that's what he thought he wanted. And then once it, it came to fruition and it wasn't all it was chalked up to be, but we'll see. So we see Lagatha going with King Egbert and him trying to put the moves on her, talking about all these things. So he's obviously he's got his eye on her, uh, we see Bjorn with um, Purin. Purin. Um, it's like, sir, you knew that that's the lifestyle she wanted to live. Um, so unfortunately, you know, you have your mother as a prime example, as you pointed out in this episode, um, that, you know, she's going to follow that path. And it's like, I mean, unfortunately, you got to live with the type of woman that you chose to be with who wanted to be a shield maiden. Um, then we have um, Ragnar um, with, um, was it Ivar the Boneless? Um, the Boneless, I was calling him. Um, the baby. Uh, and so I find it interesting that he still can't say that he loves Aslog. Uh, I know he cares for her. He has care for her. He's, she's a mother of his children. But he's not able to tell her. I don't think he's ever. I don't think I've ever seen him um, say that he loved her. I mean, um, um, Lagatha is the love of his life. And I think he just not. That's it. I mean, he'll care for her. He'll be, you know, provide for her. But that's, that sounds like that's about it <laughs> on his part. I love how all the men were like getting cabin fever. They were just anxious to get the hell out of Connecticut and go raid, go explore, go to Wessex. Uh, we got Torsten, you know, impregnating two women and he's trying to bounce. You got Floki talking about him being too happy. So he's trying to bounce. 
And Bjorn, he just wants to raid for power and glory. So he's trying to bounce. So um, just many reasons why everybody's trying to get the hell out of there. Um, I love Bjorn's new haircut. I can get with this. Okay, I'm really... That other one just was not getting it done. So loving that. Um, the calf thing... I was not surprised that I'm like, yep, some good looking young dude like trying to, you know, put the, uh, you know, wax in the poetry. Oh, yeah, I just want to be I'm like, mm-hmm. I was not it, that that storyline did not shock me whatsoever. It's just the way that world works. You know, you can never fully trust people. Always someone they usually they got ulterior motives behind the things they're doing. And sure enough, you know, he's. Um, getting in cahoots with that one dude, I forget his name, Isner, Eisner, whatever, um, to over overtake the Oraldom. Um, so that's going to be an interesting storyline. Um, we got um, Edelstan and his continued um, battle with faith and, you know, the two different gods. And then we see Ragnar having his own, you know, starting to balance that as well um so but yeah very interested in seeing how this season goes um so on that note until next time much love peace and black girl magic queen of the couch shy thank you queen shy for your thoughts on the episode (laughs) episode episode as well we got two for team Torin. all right all right i'll i'll accept i could have given her more credit for her independent nature <laughs> i just know how i feel if i was carrying a baby uh aslog aslog has been told that ragnar loves her he said that to her plenty of times <laughs> he probably blocked it out <laughs> nothing wrong with that he just blocked it out i think it's more of a love has fizzled out than there was no because i mean yes uh, Lagatha was the love of his life. I certainly agree. However, you can have more than one love of your life. I think that he wanted, I think he started off loving her, but just as time goes on and, and you realize you just don't have as much with this other person that you initially uh, thought. And not only that, this is a testament to Sometimes men go out and get that thing that looks all shiny. And like I said, it it looks nice on your arm, but it's technically not anything real. And then you're left with that. And while certainly there is empathy somewhere for me and (laughs) for Aslog, because it's never, it's never a great feeling to be the one that's not having that love returned. That was a big topic of discussion in this episode as well. And Floki kind of warning about that, you know, it's really quick to say, well, the person that's longing is just being an idiot. But at the same time, it still sucks. It still hurts. It's still their feelings. And I do think she tried at one point. Uh, however, we feel about clearly we still feel about her in her relationship, the impotence of it. Uh, Ragnar had his blame in that as well. And from that moment forth, I can't say she's other than being a passing shade for the one that came before her. She's done nothing wrong. Uh, however, she does try to be, well, other, I would say she's done nothing wrong. She does have a little bit of a sneaky, catty, jealous nature. And she tried to put the manipulation on Ragnar more than once. And he simply just wasn't bothered by it. <laughs> Uh, I'm with you though. Money changes you. I'm not even saying it can, it will. It will. Because power would change you. Um, It's not to say you would make the, like you were saying, I don't think I would go want a $15 mansion. I think I would make some conservative decisions that stay true to my nature just because we have spent uh, more decades (laughs) learning to be frugal than spending uh, ridiculously so and we have intelligence so we're not going to go out and blow it on cocaine and hookers and Vegas trips like other people do when they win the lottery however the one thing most people don't account for is the all of the new challenges that you never had to face 
not being part of or having access to that type of decision making. So while some of the landscape, yeah, you can navigate the same, like, oh, yeah, I ain't going to make that mistake or that mistake. You are and we are unaware of the many other now open avenues for disaster to happen. And clearly, if we're all perfect human beings, that we all be living perfect lives. So money only makes things much more. Uh, it makes it just raises the stakes a lot more. And I think with power, uh, that's the thing with money. But the thing with power is it's always a compromise somewhere and you're compromising your morals if you are to stay within the realm of keeping power because that's just the nature of what it means to wield it. <laughs> so uh, case in point, some people were like, oh, I'm surprised that Bob would do this. Well, what, you thought he was going to go in there and start with an agenda <laughs> and he was going to get everything he want. You do realize that 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 there needs to be a... Just being the person at the highest office of the land doesn't mean you have all the power unless you really can manipulate strong arm and got a file 20 years deep on some <laughs> the highest people in the land that allegedly, allegedly, um, then, then it goes like that. But I like what you had to say. Um, once again, I'm going to be tiptoeing around what I comment on and do not comment on because I do not want to give anyway any spoilers. And I think I've been doing pretty fucking good. So I don't want to ruin my uh, my spree thus far. And hence, I am going to end it there. If you want to join in the conversation, blackercouch at gmail.com. You can leave a comment below. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. 